Fractures can be caused by osteoporosis, and once they do occur, the chance of experiencing a repeat fragility fracture greatly increases. There's good news, though. It's never too late to improve your bone health, and there's much that can be done to do so. Dr. Roberto Brandau, board-certified foot and ankle surgeon and podiatrist, along with Angeline Williams, certified registered nurse practitioner or bone health specialist, talk today about fragility fractures, specifically in the foot and ankle, what can be done to prevent them, and how to take care of them if they've occurred. Hi, I'm Scott Webb, and I've got a bone to fix with you. So first off, I want to thank you both for joining me today. We're going to talk about osteoporosis and who's at risk, the types of fractures it can cause, and then what do we do about those fractures. And as we get rolling here, Angeline, I'd like to have you just talk about osteoporosis. What is it exactly, and who's at the greatest risk for developing it? Osteoporosis is where we talk about thinning of the bones, having soft bones. And people who are most affected are actually women. Women are two times more likely to have osteoporosis than men. And usually women are affected after menopause. Once women go through menopause, they lose the protection of estrogen. And within that first five years after menopause, women can lose a significant amount of bone. And this can cause them to have or be diagnosed with osteoporosis. Yeah, and just to follow up with you, what is the correlation then, right? So we have a sense at least of what osteoporosis is and who's affected by it, but what's the correlation between osteoporosis and fragility fractures? Fragility fractures is actually what we consider a warning sign for women who may possibly have osteoporosis. Certain fractures we consider fragility fractures, meaning your bones should not break under normal circumstances. An example of that is someone who's in a standing position and they just trip and fall and break a bone. And what we say is a fall from a standing height under normal circumstances should not cause you to break a bone. Yeah, that's really interesting. I've heard that before. Another expert I had on said, you know, if you're walking down the hall and you bump your elbow into the door frame, you shouldn't break a bone. You shouldn't have a fracture. And it is interesting how osteoporosis is often diagnosed because of the fractures, right? Correct. Most people don't realize they have osteoporosis. And the reason is osteoporosis has no symptoms. Therefore, most people don't even realize they have it until they receive a fracture. Yeah, it's really interesting. Doctor, I want to bring you in now and talk about foot and ankle fragility and how those fragile areas, if you will, how that differs from hip and wrist and spine fractures. So using an example of someone that I saw today, she had a simple twist mechanism when she was getting up from a seated to a standing position. So she didn't even have a fall. And that fracture is considered sort of a fragility fracture based on x-ray findings indicating also signs of osteopenia and likely osteoporosis with an advancing age. So that was her first fragility fracture. And so they differ a little bit from hip and other injuries. And usually with a hip fracture, although you can have a stress fracture of the hip if you're very active or overusing it, those a lot of times will be from a ground-level fall or more direct trauma. Sometimes foot and ankle stress fractures and fragility fractures are not as abrupt or noticeable or less traumatic in a certain way. Some are from overuse, very commonly metatarsal fractures, and some are from small twisting or minor mechanical mechanisms that aren't necessarily a very big fall or something that you would sort of think of that would lead to a big fracture. They can be very minor, and those are very common in the foot and ankle. 
Yeah, and I think maybe that's one of the most alarming things when we think about this is, as you say, like, you know, when you trip and you fall or something sort of, you know, catastrophic or traumatic happens, you might expect a fracture, but you wouldn't expect a fracture just kind of bumping into a wall or kind of twisting and turning in place, right? That's probably a little unnerving for folks, especially once they find out they have osteoporosis, that they could be doing just about anything and end up with a fracture, right? Yeah, absolutely. I had a patient recently who simply caught themselves while falling and put a little bit of extra pressure on the foot, just tripped and fell, just how we all sort of do in a tripping mechanism forward and caught herself. And she ended up with like a stress fracture that showed up a few weeks later and some pain, you know, that was understood to be like with pain in her foot. And so she had that symptom, at least it wasn't asymptomatic and she knew to stay off of it. But yeah, I mean, she caught herself even. So I think that's a good point. And we do have to remember that people that have osteopenia and osteoporosis, you know, and if they are already a fall risk, that can actually make things a lot worse and it can lead, like we talked about, hip fractures and other associated fractures. Yeah, definitely can. And Angelina, I wanted to ask you, are there missed opportunities when we think about the diagnosis and treatment of foot and ankle fractures? Are there missed opportunities in terms of not maybe having doctors make the connection between those foot and ankle fractures and osteoporosis? In in other words, the root cause of those fractures? Yeah, absolutely. That's why we're trying to get the word out. Any female with a fragility fracture or a fracture you might consider fragility should be screened for osteoporosis. And a lot of people might know they have osteopenia, but think you have to actually have osteoporosis in order to fracture when the majority of our fractures occur in people who have osteopenia. So anyone with any type of fracture, not just a foot and ankle fracture, should be evaluated for osteoporosis. Are there ways that we can prevent osteopenia and osteoporosis? Is it just a normal part of aging? I mean, I seem to recall when I was a kid, maybe my grandma just talking about, oh, you got to drink more milk, right? The more milk you drink, the more calcium, the better off you'll be. And maybe that's still a thing, but maybe you can talk just a little bit about how we can sort of prevent the onset of either of those. What I tell my patients is you have two major players in the formation of bone, which is calcium and vitamin D. Yes, there are other nutrients that are required, but calcium and vitamin D require more assistance. So I tell everyone, women over 50 should be receiving 2,000 international units of vitamin D a day, as well as 1,200 milligrams of calcium. We prefer people to get their calcium from their diet. But I tell patients who know they are not going to receive their calcium that way, they should definitely take calcium supplements as well as vitamin D supplements. We used to get our vitamin D from the sun, but due to cancer, no one is out in the sun when it's highest in the sky. We don't have our face uncovered or our arms uncovered. If we are in the sun, we're covered up or we're wearing sunblock. So therefore, your body cannot use the sunlight to synthesize vitamin D. So we're finding that more and more people are actually vitamin D deficient. Yeah, and good that we have supplements now. You know, when I was a kid, I'm in my 50s. When I was a kid, it was drink your milk and get some sun. Today, we don't want people in the sun that much, and you can only drink so much milk, so it's good that we have all these supplements. And doctor, back to you. Let's talk about the difference between performing surgery on foot and ankle fragility fractures than these other types of fractures we've talked about. In general, a fresh fracture or an acute traumatic fracture, such as an ankle fracture, doesn't really have a lot of early signs of healing or is very fresh and acute and everything can be sort of put back together 
somewhat uh, efficiently and effectively in the standard ways. Someone has a stress fracture, we do a lot of conservative management to start immobilizing, sometimes as far as non-weight-bearing or even casting. We also will utilize something called a bone stimulator, which is an external non-invasive device that helps to stimulate the bone to grow, us knowing that they have a little bit weaker of a bone stock. But if it does have to go into surgery because of something called a non-union or delayed union and it is causing continued pain, it does make the surgery a little more complicated in the sense that there's probably been some partial healing, so it's more of a chronic fracture state where you have to do a little bit more to break up the fracture to fix it. And sometimes you have to use things like other bone products or supportive products to help heal it a little bit faster. All that to be done after the person has been effectively worked up and made sure that they have enough healing potential, making sure, again, like Angeline mentioned, they're not vitamin D or calcium deficient or they don't have any other issues that would make them deficient in the surgery. So it certainly can be a little bit more cumbersome of a surgery if it's needed. Yeah, it sounds like it, but good thing we have experts like yourself, surgeons like yourself, to help us with these things. And Angelina, as we wrap up here, you know, you talked about folks being evaluated, right? And I wanted to have you just briefly discuss the value in scheduling an appointment with you. I know you're a bone health specialist, so the folks can be evaluated for osteoporosis or osteopenia and really develop a plan to strengthen their bones. When patients have fragility fractures, they're usually already given the diagnosis of osteoporosis. But I do order a DEXA because the plan is to put them on treatment. And what we want to do is use that DEXA as a baseline so we can also monitor their treatment. And for those who do not have fragility fractures, I would still do a workup because we want to make sure their bone health is healthy. So what I do is I get the DEXA. I do a lot of education on nutrition, what we call weight-bearing and resistant exercises to help also make our bones strong and things that can contribute to osteoporosis like certain medications, certain disease states. And also if there's a family history of osteoporosis, patients are also at risk. So I usually put in my schedule 30 minutes of time to speak with these patients because education is a major part of the treatment, not just the medications themselves. Yeah, education is so important, and that's why I love these. I love learning from experts like both of you today. I'm sure listeners would agree. So thank you both. You both stay well. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we encourage you to schedule an appointment with our bone health specialist, Angeline Williams, so you can be evaluated for osteoporosis And start a plan to strengthen your bones at mdbonedocs.com. And please remember to share and subscribe to this podcast. That's all for today. I'm Scott Webb, and that was A Bone That's Fixed.